0: users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll feature a Bob Dr. Maklevitis with his comments about Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference. We'll also hear a special joint appearance featuring Peter Cohen and Kirk McElhern. All this and so much more on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> We have Bob Dr. McLevitis standing there before us, or sitting there, in his specially crafted, customized, white lab suit.
1: (laughs) And I am standing, because it's 10 minutes to the hour, and my watch just told me it's time to stand. Oh, that's
0: right. He's got an Apple
1: Watch. No, I have two Apple Watches. (laughs) One for each hand. Well, it's it's kind of weird. You can't really have two, because only one can be paired with your phone, and they're kind of not very useful when they're not paired with your phone. So, I mean, you can, I guess, pair and unpair your watches, so you could have more than one. But what a hassle! But I do have two, so my wife is testing one. Oh, is this a
0: unit that you bought or something that Apple provided?
1: One of each. I bought one, and then the day before mine arrived, Apple sent me one to review. (laughs) So, uh, an embarrassment of riches. Well, the 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 thing, of
0: course, uh, is that the one that Apple gave you, you have to return. Yes, in very short amount of time. I don't know, a couple, a few more weeks. So they gave you like a month with it or something. I think so. Yeah, that's what Apple did with the Retina 5K iMac. It Me was too. like A month or six weeks or something like that. I think it was originally two weeks, and then I said, "Can I have some more time with it?" And yeah, they said, I, "I'll tell you what. We'll give you another month, but then it has to go hurt. back." Right.
1: I have the new MacBook here, and I'm reviewing it, and it was a month. Well, that's reasonable. Now, getting
0: Adobe to give you a license for Creative Cloud that requires creativity.
1: Yeah, I uh, I have a surefire method for that one. I and pay. that is I pay 10 bucks a month. How do you do that? Cuz I'm a teacher. I teach at the University of Texas Informal Classes program and because of that it's I think it's 20 bucks a month, but whatever it is, I got the student and teacher deal. No, you have to you have to send you have to document that you're actually an instructor at a accredited thing, but I happen to be that. So the school of hard knocks doesn't count. If You can get their letterhead maybe. <laughs> And an email address at (laughs) hardknocks.edu. Yeah, sure. Okay, so we
0: have to have the EDU top-level domain. I think so. I don't know. Yes. You were at the WWDC conference, or were you watching virtually?
1: Oh, no. I I have a very first-world way to watch these things. I don't know if you saw the picture. I used it on the cover of my uh, column for Mac Observer. I'll send it to you in a minute. But yeah, I watch it on the Apple TV with the uh, MacBook and the iPad Air fired up as backups. Also, in case I feel like getting up and going in a different room, uh, I can take Tim with me or Craig or whoever's talking. You know, I can just pick up one of the smaller devices and carry it with me. So I never miss a word. So if you want Craig
0: to accompany you, that's the only way because if you physically asked him, he'd say, Who the hell are you?
1: Well, yeah, and he's in Cupertino and I'm not. <laughs> Actually, San Francisco. They were they were in San Francisco. Okay, seriously speaking here. Yes. All right, let's
0: look at the conference and maybe some of the misperceptions. This happened last year. I remember last year we're looking at a conference where OS ten Yosemite, IOS eight loads and loads of features good or bad loads of features and then you had some members of the media said gee there was no new hardware what's this good for well it's a developers conference but you get the point right so this year it's all about well now there aren't a lot of new features and some of those are copied from android or windows such as split view
1: well i you know yeah I guess. I don't know. Is is that copied from someone? I don't have the latest Windows, so I haven't had... You know, the last Windows I've had or owned was XP.
0: <laughs> okay, well, if you look at Windows 8, for example, you'll see a split view. They have a side-by-side feature for Windows 7, and they were pushing it in ads at that time. But you see, that's not the point. I mean, if you want to go that route and complain that these people are copying features. What you fail to realize is that it goes back and forth. Some features from iOS appear in Android. Microsoft has been copying Apple features for years. In Windows 10, they've got virtual desktops like Spaces on the Mac, and they've got something that sort of matches mission control. So these are the big features of Windows 10. The Start menu they bring back, and they steal some Windows management features from the Mac, and I guess those are the big well, features from
1: last year's, you know. right?
0: And Windows 10, of course, will be out like July 29th, folks. If you want to try it now, by the way, if you want to get the insider preview from Microsoft, just go download it. It's in fairly final shape, although it's
1: still buggy, and things don't work so much. But there's a point. You don't understand, Gene. I don't do Windows. I don't. I don't do Windows. I don't do Androids. Call me a fanboy, but, you know, it's enough keeping up with all the Apple stuff without having to try to compare it to stuff I don't care about. So, like I said, the last version of Windows I had a license for was XP. And you know what? Right now, what, about a third of the people who use Windows are still
0: using XP. I walk into banks, I walk into doctor's office, and I see... Oh my. I heavens. think it's
1: still uh, I think it still powers most ATMs. <laughs> I'm not positive, but I thought I heard that somewhere. Also, sure.
0: the IRS uses Windows XP. The now, IRS I know one of Public the news driveway? networks that shall not be named claimed well now they get no support from Microsoft. No, the IRS has a special support contract with Microsoft despite the fact that they're using Windows XP.
1: Right. Well, hey, you can get anything yeah. you want. If you can pay for it, There's
0: well, they're someone not going to say
1: will. no to the IRS. Not when there are dangling multi-million-dollar support contracts. No, you don't walk away from you don't walk away from money like that. Not even Microsoft, who is trying desperately to walk away from XP. Well, they're going to try after that I to think, walk away from Windows yeah, eight,
0: 8, which I might hear. be an easier task. Let's get I back hear. to this. So the point being here is that one of the complaints was that features appeared elsewhere. The other complaint is that it's just a shaven haircut, just minor feature updates, not a lot yes. in I'll OS gi- 10 El I'll Capitan, or iOS 9. But before you comment, my opinion is there are more new features in those operating systems than in Windows 10 and Android M. But still, it's considered minor. What's your take?
1: So here's the thing. A, I don't think it matters if one of the other platforms has it or has it first or we had it first or whatever. Um, I think it matters how, how good it is on our platform and whether we'll use it. So, you know, the rest of whether Windows had split screen first, it's not a relevant argument. Split screen sounds like it's a useful Windows, window management, space management tool. And I can't wait to have that in my little quiver of things that I can do to manage the window mess. So, you know, it's a good thing for us. Let's see how it works when, when it comes out. Um, the other thing is, I, I, I just, you know, if you look at lion begetting mountain lion, and then leopard begetting snow leopard, Apple had this kind of rhythm going where they'd come out with new features in one version, and then the next one would be more of a under-the-hood tweaking and and fine-tuning with not so many new things. And, you know, it it might not be a coincidence that El Capitan is to Yosemite as Snow Leopard is to Leopard as Mountain Lion is to Lion. Exactly. This is one of the
0: mountains in Yosemite. Correct. And and by the way, we're going to talk more about this. We've got Bob Levitis, Dr. Mac. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live.
3: Hey neighbor, what are you doing digging? You had a heart attack last year. Oh I know, I was told no more hard labor. Then why are you digging? Well I've been taking Extendivite. It's been approved to help my heart. Extendivite, is that a new drug? No, not a drug. It's uh, more like an herbal combination made from garlic and cayenne. Herbal, how can that help? Well actually we've taken herbs for thousands of years. Extendivite is doing the job for me. Does your doctor know about Extendivite? Yeah, my doctor knows, and he said it seems to be working for you, so don't stop taking it. I feel great taking Extendivite. I don't want to
6: stop. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822, or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with
4: Extend.
7: We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at Tech That's news at Tech Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at Tech slash radio. That's Tech slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes.
0: We also have a special feature of the Tech Night Owl Live. It's called Tech Night Out and it's a very simple thing. You sign up at plus.technightout.com for a modest monthly annual or five-year rate. You get the ad-free version of the show, better quality audio. And, of course, Bob Levitas, Dr. Mac, always brings along these great mics. So you want to hear him in his pristine clarity. And that's what we do.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay, so... El Capitan, of course, is part of Yosemite.
1: It's a peak That's in right. Yosemite.
0: So they're reaching the peak of Yosemite with El Capitan. There's a the promise of better performance. How does Apple do that? How does Apple take an operating system that right now has been around for, what, 14 years and make it run a little faster? Usually it's the
1: reverse. Yeah. In this case, uh, they, they already had developed the technology to do some of it for iOS, And that technology is called Metal. And apparently, it does magic under the hood and can accelerate many things up to uh, 2x. So things can be twice as fast as they were on the same hardware under El Capitan. You know, we'll see what that means in real life. I understand um, the majority or the, the, the real benefit is in pro programs that have that use multiple cores, the process on multiple threads on multiple cores, and also uh, graphics programs that address the GPU on uh, any mac that's that 's got a video you know video system other than on chip graphic thing now
0: um, so the question I have here and it 's kind of a difficult question that maybe you can 't answer because apple hasn 't officially answered it, although some third parties are saying this. So, we have metal, which is basically greater reliance on the graphic chips. Supposedly, this may require more recent Macs with the graphics hardware that can support this feature, but Apple hasn't spelled that out yet. What have you heard?
1: No, they haven't. They haven't, and I think I'm not positive if I only saw it for the phone and iPad, but I know that they were really proud that iOS runs on all of the same uh, devices as iOS 8. So, iOS 9 isn't orphaning anybody. I don't know if if they said the same thing about El Capitan. I'm trying to find it right now. Well, from what I understand, the answer is yes, that it's supposed to run on the same hardware. But because it runs on the same hardware... Doesn't mean that you'll get the acceleration. And it's entirely possible that the benefit of metal only accrues to newer Macs. We'll see. Okay,
0: so if you have... The Retina 5K iMac, great if you have a 2010 17-inch MacBook Pro, maybe. like some of us still do. Well, maybe, maybe. it won't.
1: Well, it depends. That that uh, had pretty good graphics processing. So there's a graphics chip in there somewhere, and it might be good enough. You don't know till you get it. And don't take what a third-party claims is true, okay?
0: Because that's just people theorizing they may have a certain level of factual basis for that. But don't make assumptions, okay? Don't make assumptions because by the end of the day, you may find yourself making guesses that just aren't accurate. I'm not saying that it is, but even then, optimizing the code, all the stuff that makes the operating system can still provide somewhat of a performance boost. It's certainly not going to be slower. And the fact that otherwise it supports the same hardware as the previous version of OS X means that you can have a Mac that's
1: eight years old and still run El Capitan. Correct. And it should, in theory, run pretty well uh, if If Yosemite ran pretty well, uh, I don't think you're going to see a decrease in performance. They were sure talking about increased performance across the board. So, you know, we have to wait till it ships because, A, you can't really talk about how optimized it is from the developer release or even from the first public betas because they probably aren't optimized yet. You're going you're gonna to see some of it, but, you know, you want to know what the what the real deal is. You have to wait till Golden Master. Then you got to get a bunch of old machines and start benchmarking stuff. So Somebody that, will do it. That, of course, it.
0: will happen when it's finally out, or even with the public betas, they'll be playing around with it. So we'll have to see. The thing I noticed about Yosemite is that it didn't quite get the love of previous operating system versions from Apple. Now, if you look at the App Store, the Mac App Store, and you look at the rating... Overall, OS 10 gets three and a half stars. Yosemite
1: gets two and a half stars. And that means that a lot of people had problems. Yes, but it was the fastest adoption yet. So, you know, the other side of that is there's a lot of people who are using it and are real happy. And yes, uh, you know, here's the frustrating thing. I hear about these problems like uh, there's a apparently a pretty big contingent of people who have Wi-Fi issues and I don't have them. So, you know, it's like I look at it and I go, well, I'm not having that. So maybe it doesn't exist or no, these people aren't making it up. It's just affecting a small number of people. And Apple, I think, is well aware of some of these things. I think it's hard to hard to fix something when it only affects certain people with certain very specific Configurations of hardware and software. I, I know that they really work hard on this stuff. They they pour through those logs and they they are definitely looking at and logging how many times people have a problem. But stuff like Wi-Fi is is real tricky because it's not a crash, so it's not in a crash log. It's not as easy to identify when it's failing and why. So anyway, I know that they've done some stuff under the hood that uh, in theory should should fix it. Part of which is going back to a component they used in Mavericks rather than this new thing they were using. And, yeah, I don't know. I think it's good that they're uh, taking the time to um, what did, I just saw a, a quote from Craig Federighi that said, "Customers loved last year's landmark OS 10 release, Yosemite release." Made well not all customers,
0: desktop, obviously, but if he believes
1: that, fine. Made it the fastest adopted PC operating system ever. With El Capitan, we're further refining the experience with enhancements to window management, Spotlight, and built-in apps, and improving performance so everyday activities, from launching apps to accessing email, are faster and more responsive. And you know, until it ships, we can't uh, we can't argue with that. I guess you can argue with customers loved and qualify it with most customers or some customers loved i mean i love yosemite i don't i haven't had any problems with it so of course i love it it works great only have to reboot it once every you know month or so compare that to mac os 9 which i had to reboot every well hour or two if i needed to get work done and i wanted to like ensure that it would be stable for a while so we've come a long way you know sometimes i think we forget just how bad it was
0: yeah, that's a consideration that we <laughs> have to return to. And I agree with you with my experiences with OS ten Yosemite have been quite good. I can't recall any crash of anything. Performance has been good. And I'll give you more of that reaction in a moment. Bob Levitas, Dr. Mac is here. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Life. <laughs>
4: just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN.
0: let Bitdefender worry about security. Just enjoy your Mac. Defender Antivirus for Mac. Complete protection 24-7 and take a selfie with your Mac, post it on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and tag it #HugAMac for a chance to win a MacBook Air. To learn more, go to bitdefender.com backslash hugamac, bitdefender.com backslash hugamac.
8: If you're worried about your health and you're tired of the nasty side effects of harsh drugs or antibiotics, then look no further. Supernatural Silver is the answer. Supernatural Silver is a powerful immune system enhancer that can be used every day to help keep you healthy and well with none of those nasty side effects. It's extremely safe for use internally as well as topically. And Supernatural Silver is hundreds of times more effective than colloidal or ionic silver. It is perfect for use in the sinuses, eyes, ears, and on any wound or skin issue. Supernatural Silver is also extremely effective when taken orally and can help fight off bacteria, viruses, and mold that may be overwhelming your immune system. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code Silver2015 for 30% off of your entire order and give yourself and your loved ones a fighting chance with Supernatural Silver.
10: Call for your free copy at 1-800-686-2237. When investing, always proceed with caution. Again, call 1-800-686-2237. Exercise your legal right to trade metals privately. 1-800-686-2237.
11: Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next.
0: Bob Levitas, Dr. Mack, is here switching over to our third segment with him. He covered virtually the Worldwide Developers Conference. So Tim Cook and Craig Federici were in his home, or at least on his flat panel TV. But that's yes. as close as they came. They didn't broadcast this in 3D. So no. you didn't have a situation here where Craig raises his hand and hits Bob in the face or something. You know, like that. Okay? Couldn't have that. But seriously speaking here, my experiences with Yosemite have been quite good. I haven't had any of the problems that people report. I did have a few male issues during the public beta process. But everything's working. Now, that's an interesting thing here, too, when you look at what they're doing. So, all things being equal, they're promising apps will launch 1.4 times as fast, twice as fast for switching windows. Adobe is saying that After Effects, because of Metal, will be able to render videos eight times faster This is Adobe, which normally doesn't really pay that much mind for Apple technologies. They try to have everything work the same on Mac and Windows. And here they go right in there to make metal work on their apps.
1: Well, I don't think Adobe is quarreling with Apple quite so much anymore. I think they're over the whole Flash thing. And, uh, you know, they realize that they make a, a, how did they say a metric butt load of money off Mac users and they better, you know, treat them with some respect or they will uh, find other things to use. And, you know, the professionals, yeah, they're not going anywhere, but their big money is in the intermediates, the, you know, not quite professionals. And there's only so many professionals in the world, but those wannabes, man, and now they're continuing a uh, source of revenue. You know, they're, they're paying 10, 20, $30 a month to use the software And I think Adobe is, at this point, not quarreling with Apple and not doing anything that might be taken as offensive to Mac users. I think they've embraced the new reality, and that is they make a lot of money from Mac users, and they better not insult them. (laughs) I'm looking for a good word that I can use on the radio.
0: Well, the other thing is here, I suspect, based on what I'm hearing, that adding support for Metal... With Apple's developers' tools, it's not that difficult.
1: It, it apparently is. You know, I saw the demo from uh, the people that make uh, Epic, Epic Software, the Unreal Engine. And, and they basically said, it's not that big a deal to take code that you've got and make it work with this new thing. And they showed some pretty impressive demos again. Yeah, my impression is getting an existing app to take advantage of metal uh, is trivial in many cases. You know, it can be done in a day or two. It's not a lot of code. And I understand that a lot of the work's already been done because a lot of programs like I'm sure the Adobe stuff are already addressing the graphics chip. You know, they're already using OpenGL and they're already getting some improved horsepower from whatever graphics chip you've got, right? So it's not really a big deal for them. Well, apparently not. Apparently, you know, some of the hard work was getting it to, uh, you know, using it to access OpenGL to to use the power of the graphics chip, too. But if if you've done that already, I think, you know, adding the support to metal is, is supposed to. Now, I'm not a developer, you know, I don't even play one on TV. But everything I've heard leads me to believe that, you know, it's not a big deal to make your program faster using this stuff. Whether you've written it already or you're going to write it in the future, it's not a big deal. It's already it's like baked in. All you have to do is add a few lines of code, tweak a few little things, and boom, you get full advantage from it. That will encourage a lot of people. Okay, so we have that. We have also
0: the updates to Spotlight where you can use natural language searches, like supposedly find me the documents I did last Thursday that were about Microsoft, something like that. It's really smart and it doesn't use the cloud to do profiles and basically scrape your email it it's all kept on your on
1: Your personal privacy is what you're trying to say well i was and just yes, going to go awesome. into that
0: in detail yeah
1: that's awesome that, and and you know there are other uh, intelligent assistants on other platforms but uh, as far as i know they all they all uh, provide a lot of information about you to their host and so i'm not sure i like anybody knowing that much about me? With Google, I'm mostly willing to trade it because, well, it's so convenient to have suggestions that are are really good and contextual. But Apple's saying we don't have to uh, mine your personal life to do that. I think that's very cool. I can't wait to see just how much, you know, just how well it works without providing any any personal information to Apple or anybody else. This is a big debate among some journalists. How well can Apple do that?
0: How well can Apple retain the promise of privacy against what Google does? Of course, Google amasses all sorts of stuff about you. They keep it in the cloud on their servers. They also make that information available to advertisers. It's not just being kept within the company. They make that information available to advertisers, so they will buy targeted ads that appeal to what you want. That's how they make their money. They don't make their money selling Android. Android is free. Well, not quite because there are licensing issues. So, like, Samsung has to pay Microsoft for the rights to use certain patents in Android, so it's not free. But Google doesn't make money from Android. They make money from ads. Apple makes money from the iPhones and the Macs and the iPads. They make money... From certain services, but they're not selling you. And this is the area. But if they could make it work, also the proactive Siri on iOS 9, if they could make that work where you could get something that works as well as Google now apparently does, which is to anticipate what you want, to be an assistant that provides what you need at your beck and call without engaging in privacy, well, that should be a good thing.
1: We shall see, but I have to say uh, I've grown fonder and fonder of Siri over uh, the time she's been around. Actually, mine is a he now. but And having the watch, being able to use the watch to uh, ask questions and answer text messages and even answer the phone is really fun, really cool. I'm really enjoying it a lot. I know it's a first-world problem having to reach into your pants pocket and pull out your phone to answer a text message, but uh, I really do like being Dick Tracy and talking into my wrist in public. Calling Dick Tracy, calling Dick Tracy. You know, I always said, someday we'll have those, and I was right. Now, the thing to
0: bear in mind also here with Apple Watch, there's going to be a watch OS 2. Six months after the original one comes out, the version 2. right. They're adding a lot more things. Now, there are two ways to look at this. Apple is really fierce developing updates to make Apple Watch better by far. The other is, well, maybe they should have waited six months till they had an operating system that was better developed. How do you take that? I,
1: I disagree totally because if you do that, if you play that game, you never ship your product because there's always something better right around the corner that you should be waiting for. And the thing is, I really believe this. They wanted to get the watch out. They wanted to get the watch SDK out. They wanted to get developers looking at it and thinking about what they might want to do. And they always said they were going to give the developers more access. They just couldn't do it in time for 1.0. And I think that getting it out there and, and having a slew of crappy apps in Generation 1 did more for the watch than sitting in sitting in virtual Hibernation and Cupertino waiting to be released would have done. You know, now they've got millions of pieces of real world feedback. They've got the developers are actually holding watches. They're not developing apps on a simulator. So I think, yeah, absolutely, Apple was right to ship it when they did. Yes, version 1.0 is a little rough around the edges, but you know, it's pretty polished for a 1.0 or 1.01 now. We'll get into more of this. Apple Watch, iOS 9.
0: El Capitan, all this stuff with Bob Levitis Dr. Mac. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live.
4: A little right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN.
12: Is negative content or comments on the web affecting your personal or professional reputation? Unfavorable comments, embarrassing pictures, videos, legal documents, and bad tweets can ruin your personal life, your career, or your business. It happens a lot, and it's just not fair. But what can you do? Reputation.com can protect your good name. Get a free consultation now at 800-831-0771. That's 800 Call right now for a free expert reputation analysis. It's easy to squash the unfair attacks with our patented system and the analysis is absolutely free. Make the best things about you jump out in searches. Protect your personal and professional reputation, your business and your income. Get your your free reputation analysis from reputation.com right now. Call 800-831-0771. 800 800
13: All on subject to OnDeck score, it will must be in business at least one year to apply.
14: Attention, small business owners needing financing. Are you too busy running your business to deal with the slow lending process of your bank? Are you frustrated at the paperwork and delays, just trying to get a decision? Then you need OnDeck, the A plus Better Business Bureau rated small business experts. Where our simple application process takes as little as ten minutes, and funding could be available in just one business day. At OnDeck, we focus on your business operation and cash flow, not just your personal credit score. And we're ready to help with loans of up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. True business business loans, not credit card advances. OnDeck provides financing to a wide variety of small businesses like restaurants, plumbing, landscaping, freight trucking, and healthcare providers. If you're frustrated with the paperwork and long decision times of traditional lenders, contact OnDeck. Funding could be available in just one business day. OnDeck is publicly listed on the New York Stock Exchange and has provided over 2 billion dollars to small businesses like yours. So go to ondecklending.com today or call 800 293 6819 That's 800-293-6819.
11: know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg.
0: Bob Levitas, Dr. Mack, the one, the only, except no originals. And we're talking here about Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference about all this stuff. And people say, well, it's just a few bug fixes. Well, you know what? It's a lot more complicated than that. It's not just a few bug fixes. It's a lot of work under the hood designed to enhance the user experience. And if you look at the number of new features compared to what Android M and Windows 10 are offering, Apple still gave you more. So we got the Apple Watch out there. Apple is working fierce to give developers better support, to give developers more of a chance to be creative, to have apps run natively on Apple Watch. So this fall, especially this winter, when a lot of people will be buying an Apple Watch as a gift, it's gonna be a much better product than it is now.
1: Yes more capable it'll have uh apps third party apps will be able to do things they can't do now and yes i think by christmas time you know a lot of the complaints people have i'm not one of them i don't really have any complaints i bought it i have no regrets it's a definite first world product it's not something that solves a, a an urgent need in my life it's just something cool that is useful as well and it's fun and it makes me smile and uh in the big scheme of things, 400 bucks for a watch isn't that outrageous for me. I, I have, I, I'm a watch guy. I mean, I, I've got a dozen, maybe 15, 16 watches. Does that mean when people see you, they say, watch that guy? No, they say, that's the watch guy. Because I pull up my sleeve and I go, want to buy a watch? And I wear six or seven of them at once. Oh, you do. So basically, you have the truck or the car. And you come over and say,
0: hey guys, want to buy a watch? Here we go.
1: I just roll up my sleeve. I got seven watches. You know, want to buy a watch? Not the Apple one, though. I'm keeping that. Any of the others, though, they're all available. Now, you know what? I haven't had a different watch on since the day my Apple watch came, and I haven't even thought about it until right now. Ordinarily, I would wear a watch for a few days. And then switch to something different as my mood changed or uh, my needs or, you know, where I was going. Or if I was going out somewhere and I was wearing a, a nice shirt, I might change to a dress watch. Um, if I'm going out and doing something rough, I, I might put on one of my uh, Casio G-Shock, you know, beat em up watch. If I'm trying to impress someone, I might put on one of those clear see-through skeletony watches. But I don't. I, I haven't done that in over a month, and uh, I've lost a couple pounds too. All of that to my Apple Watch, by the way. All of it. Let's
0: move back to iOS nine and OS ten. El Capitan, Maps. Now, finally, here okay. in two thousand fifteen, we have the first iteration of public transit information in the past apple referred you to third-party apps and apple's purchase technology so now we have it so what's your perception
1: is it available in houston yet no i don't know it might be in houston it's not in austin though do you have much public transportation there uh we have buses and trains and uh helicopters uh, especially helicopters No, no helicopters, I'm kidding. Buses and trains mostly, yeah. And yeah, there's, you know, a network of bus routes and one light rail line. So yeah, I think you, you could, certainly with the buses, you could use public transportation in, information in Austin, Texas, but we're not, on the, uh, we're not on the initial list. I don't know if Houston is either.
0: I thought Houston was, I know San Francisco and New York are, they have four cities in the initial version. And then more cities added later, plus 300 cities in China. Don't ask me to explain that. Now, in New York City, public transportation is everything. It's very important also in San Francisco because, you know, maybe you don't want to drive your car around San Francisco up and down the crazy hills. and
1: stuff. Or you can't afford 45 bucks a day for parking.
0: Well, there is that, especially in New York City. And as someone who grew up in New York City, I didn't have a need for a car until I moved. So having those directions are pretty good. And Apple is really getting granular in the extent of that information. The criticism will be, well, Google had that for years, but it's not something you develop overnight and certainly not something that you do perfectly because Google, everything is a beta. So they'll support a city if they have, you know, a little bit of information, whereas Apple wants everything to be complete before they let it out there, especially after the original Maps introduction in 2012 that was so flawed. Well, transit information for
1: Houston isn't available.
0: Okay. But it'll come. I mean, it, it may take a year or two to flesh that out, right?
1: New York, San Francisco, and Toronto are the only places I see on this map that have it in China.
0: 300 cities in China. Yeah. Now, here in the Phoenix area, we have limited buses, one light rail system. That's it, folks. And so the need for public transportation info is probably not that great. So I expect Phoenix is going to be down on the list of where it's supported. Seattle is going to be fairly high there. I guess Portland, places like that. Philadelphia has a lot of public transportation. Chicago, I expect those to be amongst the list. But do you think it's just an excuse to complain that Apple doesn't have a lot of cities at the get-go?
1: No, I think it's logical and to be expected. But Speaking personally, it's uh, of no use to me here where I live, where I I am most likely to need it soonest. And uh, frankly, I've been using Google's public transportation stuff in New York and San Francisco for so long, I'm not sure I would use Apple's even when when I'm there for a while. It takes a long time for this stuff to get good and, and for you to gain trust in it. You know, I remember I said I was never using Apple Maps again after it sent me miles out of my way in the wrong direction. You know, just completely crazy, but it's gotten a lot better, and, you know, I'm back to using it again locally. But the whole public transportation thing is a big non-issue for me. It's a feature I use twice a year at best, and somebody else already does it, so I'm okay I hope they do it well and I hope it comes to my city soon and I hope it blows all the other ones away. But if it doesn't, I can live with it. Won't kill me.
0: The problem for Apple is that the bad reputation acquired from the original version, it still exists. People have that perception, even though it's a lot better than it was. I think part of the problem here, and this is where Google gets away with it, is that Apple should have said this is a public beta we're introducing this new feature. A lot of good stuff's happening, but not everything's going to work. So we invite your feedback. And over the next few months and years, this will get better. It's going to take time. And so they introduce it without all those terms and conditions. Whereas, no, they
1: introduced it as the greatest thing since sliced bread. You're going to love it. Exactly. And that was their mistake. They oversold it. If they had opened it up as a public beta and made the first version, whatever, what did it come out with? What, what version of OS 10? with
0: ios what six it came out
1: okay so with ios 6 it should have been a beta and maybe an ios 7 also and then nobody would have a complaint because by now it's pretty damn good for a beta and remember for a number of years siri was a beta we forget that isn't siri still no i'm sorry i don't think so not anymore no no she's not he's not it's not You know, the other day I was watching a video and somebody on the video said, hold on, I got to unplug my phone, said, hey, Siri. And because my phone was plugged in, Siri came on and started transcribing what the video was saying. It was very bizarre. How accurately? Fairly accurately, but then my phone was sitting pretty close to the speaker. You know, it was coming out of the speaker two feet away, three feet away. But it was pretty accurate, and I'm watching the screen and going, that is really weird. I didn't say, hey, Siri.
0: I so, have Siri come on occasionally not being asked. It just comes on ghost-like. Well, do and then it a, inquires a, hey, Siri, as to what my question is because it didn't understand my question. And I think, you know, wait a minute. I'm listening to the radio. I have the radio on in the background, and maybe it picked up something from that, but I don't recall the announcer saying, hey, Siri. I mean, I've got it right here. Hey, Siri.
1: Doesn't do a darn thing Oh well. No, but you gotta have it turned on If you didn't enable it, it won't do it And it's gotta be plugged into power Let's see if mine does it Hey Siri Yep, she woke right up Hey Siri Hey Siri Yep, she wakes right up On my iPhone I wonder if I put you on the speaker And you say it <laughs> Okay, let's try it. You ready? All right. Hold on. Let's do an
0: experiment. Folks, this is gonna be a real experiment. All right. Okay. All right. First, let's do our break while he sets this up with Bob Levitis and Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night How Live. Mm
4: The premier independent talk radio network, the Genesis Communications Network, GCN.
15: There are hundreds of silver products on the market today, but there's nothing like the astonishing health benefits of the multi-patented One Silver Solution. Boost your immune system at a great price with our Silver Solution liquid, starting at $12.95 a bottle. Now available in regular and extra strength. That's half the price of the leading competitors. Call 844-USE-SILVER for your free catalog or go to onesilversolution.com, onesilversolution.com. There
16: is only one Silver Solution.
17: System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only two hundred and thirty one dollars, and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only thirty nine ninety nine. That's over thirty percent off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. or order
7: online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com. Today. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg.
0: So, will Siri respond to my dulcet tones or whatever you call them?
1: Let me turn on the speaker instead of the headset for just a moment. All right. Talk. Hey, Siri. Okay. She said, what can I help you with? And she came up and went ding, ding. Did you hear her? No. All right. Try it again. I'll put the microphone closer so you can hear the ding.
0: Okay. Very good. And we'll use all our automatic level controls to figure this out and straighten it out. Okay. The situation here, Bob Levitas has Siri. He's got the speaker on on his Mac so that my voice can be heard. Hey, Siri. Where do I find Mars?
1: I don't understand. Where do I find Mars? That's because I'm not running iOS 9 on that particular phone. If it was iOS 9, she'd probably have figured it out and told you how long it'll take you to get there.
0: Well, you know, I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm going to call Elon Musk Elon, I know you're making all those great, expensive electric cars, but I want to go to Mars. Take me to Mars. Let me ask you, let's kind of go back to brass tacks here. You're writing three new books. Yes, sir. Okay, so iOS 9, OS ten, El Capitan, and what else? iPad. All right, let's talk about iPad. iPad. Yes,
1: iPad. iPad got a lot
0: of love in iOS 9. All right, so we have the new multitasking. Talk about that briefly because I have a question about iPad productivity. What do you like most about the new features of iOS 9 on your iPad?
1: The split screen, the ability to have two apps running side by side. I mean, that's like one of the things that the first time I used an iPad, I thought, boy, this multitasking is really awkward. And wouldn't it be nice if you could just keep two? You don't need more, you know? Most of the time, you're bopping between two apps. So the split screen is really nice. That's it. Okay. That's my story and I'm sticking to it.
0: Obviously, Apple is doing something here to make an iPad more of a productivity tool. It's still a consumption device. That's what a lot of people use it for. They watch videos. They may, of course, use it for limited email, things like that. But being able to bounce back and forth easily between two apps is great. It would be Mm -hmm. great. For this radio show, imagine if I could capture audio from Skype and make a recording, do my show on an iPad, edit in GarageBand or something, all that stuff. Guess what? I can't do it. You know, why I can't do it is that Apple won't allow the tools required to capture that audio because of their sandboxing. That's true, by the way, on the Mac too, with the Mac App Store. So, the app we use, which is the premier app for capturing audio from any of your apps such as Skype, is Audio Hijack from Rogue Amoeba Software. But that is not available in the Mac App Store. Of course, it's available. They've got a developer certificate. You can download it, install it. The reason it's not in there is because what it does isn't allowed by Apple's restrictions under the current law. That's right. Now, for an iPad. I can't use the iPad for my workflow. The reason I can't is because I can't capture
1: audio flexibly and record multiple screens. And you know what? I don't know that that's going to be fixed because they are looking at more of the uh, producer as opposed to the consumer. But I think they're looking more towards the artist and video, video editor and the sketcher and the photographer and the you know I don't care about you you audio grunts. Although I agree it would be great to have something that would let you uh bring in multiple audio sources and you know have some control over it. You you do kinda have internally on the iPad with that uh what's it called that lets you send stuff from one app to the other like rewire. I forget what it's called. But Your audio apps can share like tracks and stuff and and pieces of audio, but you can only keep one program open at once and you can only have one source when you're recording.
0: I know there is one app that allows you to call Skype through the app and therefore record it because it's working within one app. That's about it. I don't know how well it works. And so it's not something that's suitable. I asked Paul Kafasis, the CEO of Rogue Amoeba, to see if there's a way to do it. And these people over there, his programming team is brilliant.
1: They're the sharp they're very sharp. And the what new version they did with audio way, hijack is absolutely amazing. The new version's amazing. Everybody that deals in audio on their Mac needs it. Nothing easier or better. Or easier to understand. I love the new user interface. I mean it's really drag and drop. Build these little modules,
0: put together, it works very perfectly. Visual, and what very we do, visual. let me give you an example of that. They have this really smart, programmed de-noise module. What that does, it takes away background noise, but the default settings like low, medium, it's enough to get rid of a lot of the background noise on the radio show so we sound better and more professional. And it also records Skype and my audio input totally separately. They're not mixed together and we get better quality sound. I know our listeners have really complimented us on the improvement And that's Audio Hijack. If you're doing any kind of recording for your own radio show, even for a professional show meant for a real radio station like ours are, our two radio shows, Audio Hijack, it's what, $50
1: to buy it? It's really cheap. It's like having a patch bay, if you're old enough to remember what a patch bay was. I am, and it comes, unfortunately. All kinds of, and it comes with all kinds of cool outboard gear, and it's real easy to put together stuff. All, you're, like you said, you just drag the little modules into a line, and it, it processes them in order. It tells you what they do. The controls are pretty easy to operate, and uh, you can hear the results in real time, so you can try something and know exactly what it did. It's awesome. Very cool stuff. And they're not paying us to advertise in the show. We had Paul on the show a few
0: weeks ago to tell about all the great features. And every few weeks, they come up with an update to clean things up, add some new features. It's really great. And now it's got, it's always had this feature, but it works more flexibly called instant capture. And how that works is very simple. I launch Audio Hijack. Then I launch Skype. I make my call and I turn on the recording. Doesn't require restarting doesn't do any blips or glitches. It just captures the audio perfectly. Plus, I have a little VU meter that picks up the audio signal, so I get a sense of the levels and everything. Anyway, let's get back to this. So we know that the iPad is going to become more of a productivity device because of what Apple is doing, and it's going to answer a lot of questions. And I expect a lot of people there will take that. Maybe they'll buy an accessory keypad like one from... Logitech, one of these accessory little keyboards, and have a physical keyboard and turn it into almost like a mini MacBook or something, although these days the MacBook is so small, it's not much bigger. But seriously speaking here, it becomes something that you could use as an all-around computing device for many purposes. And that, I think, is going to make it a more compelling purchase. The other thing is, Bob mentioned his favorite feature of the multitasking split view, side-by-side apps, Yes. only works on an iPad Air
1: 2. 2. Yeah, so they're going to sell a lot of new iPads. But wait, there's more. I predict there's another iPad that that'll work on. It just hasn't been announced yet. Well, probably several. Well, and yeah. The reason but, I, I mean, say well, that they, well, is no, that... models you haven't even heard of yet.
0: Oh, right, there'll be a natural refresh of the iPad Air 2, and maybe what you're talking about is like
1: an iPad Pro with a bigger screen? I think so. I think all, you know, all the indications, this is something, it's not a new idea, and it's not something I thought up, but if you've been, you know, following the media, it's something that floats to the surface every few months, and uh, this time, I think there might be a little fire where there's smoke. The smoke is all these pro features coming out, and requiring, you know, higher performance hardware, iPad Air 2 only. Luckily, I have an iPad Air 2, so... I, I just so happen to be in on that cycle Usually- Now i should tell you something here about an
0: ipad air two. now i'll get to it in our next segment we have bob dr mac we recommend you go to plus.technightowl.com pl us.technightowl.com to learn about tech Owl plus with the ad-free version of the show for a modest subscription fee <laughs>
14: All loans subject to OnDeck Corp, must be business at least one year to apply. Attention, small business owners needing financing. Are you too busy running your business to deal with the slow lending process of your bank? Are you frustrated at the paperwork and delays, just trying to get a decision? Then you need OnDeck, the A plus Better Business Bureau rated small business experts. Where our simple application process takes as little as ten minutes, and funding could be available in just one business day. At OnDeck, we focus on your business operation and cash flow, not just your personal credit score, and we're ready to help with loans of up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. True business business loans, not credit card advances. OnDeck provides financing to a wide variety of small businesses like restaurants, plumbing, landscaping, freight trucking, and healthcare providers. If you're frustrated with the paperwork and long decision times of traditional lenders, contact OnDeck. Funding could be available in just one business day. OnDeck is publicly listed on the New York Stock Exchange and has provided over $2 billion to small businesses like yours. So go to ondecklending.com today or call 800-293-6819. That's 800-293-6819.
3: Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. Call 1-888-379-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So, disable the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-888-379 MyTV right now to sign up for packages starting as low as 19.99 and up to 4 rooms. And there's no equipment to buy. That includes your free HD TV upgrade, your free DVR upgrade, and your free professional installation. And the best part, the pristine digital picture and sound. Call 1-888-379 MyTV. So, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-888-379-MY-TV. one 379 my tv Disable the cable, cut costs, and get more. Call 1-888-379-MY-TV. one 379 my tv
15: At 30dayfoodsupply.com, two of our top priorities are providing quality food at a reasonable price and protecting your security. When you call 800-700-2184, we will never record your phone call and never ask for your personal information, like how much food you have stored or where you keep it. We'll also never store your credit card information and email address on a computer. Your email address will never be shared or sold. We'll never limit the number of boxes you can purchase. We'll never use outside packers or use relabeled food from another company. Our meals are naturally high in fiber, carbs, and protein, and everything is packed with oxygen absorbers and mylar pouches under our direct supervision at our plant in Oregon. Oregon Trail Foods and 30dayfoodsupply.com keep prices low by buying directly from their producers in Oregon and then passing the savings on to you. Call 800-700-2184 and purchase our 30-day 90 serving emergency food supply for only $99 and $10 ships your entire order to the lower 48. Visit our website 30dayfoodsupply.com or call 800-700-2184. That's 30dayfoodsupply.com at 800-700-2184.
0: Bob Levitis, Dr. Mac here for one more segment of the Tech Night Out Live. And we're talking about the iPad Air 2, which is required for the split view feature of iOS 9, plus, you know, newer, faster upgrades. Maybe
1: picture-in-picture, in too. I sure, picture-in-picture picture only works on that.
0: But now listen here. The iPad Air 2 with the A8X processor is probably as fast as a Mac of maybe four years ago. If you look at the benchmarks... It's really fast. I mean, that means if you got a Mac that you bought back in 2010, 2011 or something like that, it's no faster. If you buy the MacBook, which is what Bob's testing, he got the MacBook from Apple, that's about the same speed as a 2011 MacBook Air and not much different from the iPad Air 2. So Apple is packing a lot of stuff into there because you can't say that a Mac four or five years ago was slow. no. Let's move on to the last thing here before we let you go. MacBook, controversial because Apple gave up the peripheral ports. It's small, it's light, it's the lowest power processor of any decent performance capability from Intel.
1: What's your perception? It's a very cool, ultra-lightweight computer, and there are people that it's perfect for. I'm not one of them. You know, it's just not my cup of tea. In fact, I bought, I needed to buy a computer the other day because I'm working on El Capitan for dummies. And I needed something I could run El Capitan on uh, that was new and modern and stuff like that. And I thought, oh, I'll go buy one of the new MacBooks. Then I got to thinking, all I really need it for is to uh, do screenshots And maybe I'll travel with it because it's so light, I won't take my MacBook Pro, which is four and a half pounds, and it's connected to a lot of stuff here in the office. It might be nice not to take it. I thought about the MacBook, but then I went to the Apple uh, online store, and I realized that I could get a 2014 MacBook Air 11-inch with 8 gigs of RAM and a 128-gig SSD for $500 less. And really that's what it came down to. It's the 500 bucks. I mean the air is a little bigger and it's a little heavier and you know it might be a little faster but in any event it's not the latest greatest but it was $500 cheaper and it does what i need but it doesn't still... have a retina display. Yeah, i know. But I, my MacBook Pro has a retina display and you know what? On an 11-inch screen I'm not sure how high a resolution you want to put that. I mean, I'm not going to be editing video, which is the time when I really like having high resolutions. Photoshop, kind of, but especially for editing video. I can edit video at very high screen resolutions on a retina, but I don't think this little laptop is going to be for editing video. It's going to be for, you know, maybe looking at pictures and getting my mail and surfing the web. Anyway, so I bought a, I bought a MacBook Air, and I'm pretty happy. You know, uh, I have to say, I want to put in a plug for Apple refurbished. If you don't know about it, go to the Apple store online and go to the bottom of the page and look for refurbished.
0: Now, the other thing to bear in mind, there are 2015 updates to the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro with Retina display. The changes are minuscule. You have the force touch, of course, for the new MacBook Pros with Retina display. You have somewhat faster solid-state drives, which maybe will take away a couple of seconds from the boot time and stuff like that. It's not significant. And for the most part, if you could save a few hundred dollars
1: to get last year's model
0: refurbished, go for it.
1: $749. And really all I needed was a, a, an inexpensive light laptop that I could make screenshots on and possibly you know, use for travel. And the MacBook Air suits my needs just fine for $500 less and 500 bucks is 500 bucks. That being said, I really like the new MacBook. And if it weren't for the fact that I found something that suited my needs for 500 bucks less, I'd be happy to have one. I like the keyboard, and I like the Force Touch trackpad. I think, uh, you know, in a few years, when all of the new machines have them, and we're all used to it, we're going to look back and go, I can't believe we ever used ones that didn't have Force Touch. I can't believe we used to have old scissor keyboards, or whatever they call them. Well, you know, um, let me tell you, I'm using
0: the Matthias Quiet Pro as my keyboard of choice. This uses old style Alps,
1: Alps, switches. click switches, love, but it's I
0: also, this is a different version where they're very quiet, so it's, you don't
1: have that loud clicking,
0: see? So it's just like a regular yes. keyboard.
1: Yes, I love his keyboards, but I found one that I find even more comfortable and quieter. And that's that big Microsoft ergonomic keyboard 4000, the big curved swoopy one, natural ergonomic keyboard 4000. It's huge, but it's, uh, the keys are really comfortable. They have just the right amount of bounce for me, and uh, it's quiet. And it's got a padded wrist guard, which I kind of like. It's covered in genuine imitation leather. Or Pleather if you will.
0: You know, I was looking over here, you could really get a good deal on last year's refurbished 15.4-inch MacBook Pro with Retina display.
1: I bought one of those last year. And I bought it refurbished, and I saved, I think, $400 over a new one. And, uh, you know, when it got here, I looked at it, and I thought, you know, if you didn't tell me this was a refurb, I I would absolutely not know.
0: I would agree with you there. I think when it comes to buying something like that, buy the refurb, it's just as good as a new one, even if it's the current model. You'll still save some money on it. And you know, Apple will give it the same warranty. And a lot of times it's refurbished because somebody bought it, returned it, but it's in perfectly good condition. So all they do is clean it up and, and make sure all the parts are perfect. And they
1: give it a really thorough hardware test And you know it's a good product. Same warranty also. And I've bought, I I probably, I can't remember the last time I bought a Mac that wasn't refurbished from Apple. I think my last five or six Macs, my kids' Macs, always refurbished. And we've never had one that looked refurbished or in any way didn't feel brand new when we got it. Yet they're always 20, 22, 25% cheaper, 18% cheaper than a brand new one. I mean, it's like a no-brainer unless you have a germ phobia or something and have to have new, um, it's just silly. It's like buying a brand new car. So I learned a a long time ago, the sweet spot for a car is a couple years old. After a couple years, it's depreciated a bunch. So, you you know, you're not paying that depreciation because you you buy a new car, the minute you drive it off the lot, it's worth probably 20% less than you just paid for it. The key, of course, is to
0: make sure it's in good condition. It's well-maintained. It's not had a serious accident. But we can get into that on a different show, not on this one. Bob Levitas, would you please tell our listeners what you got coming up in books and where to learn more about the things that you do?
1: Yes, books coming out are uh, iPhone for Dummies, 9th edition, iPad for Dummies, 8th edition, and uh, El Capitan for Dummies. Those will all be out in the fall. And until then, you can go to BobLevitas.tv and watch the first five episodes of the BobLevitas.tv show. Bob Levitas,
0: alias Dr. Mack. Thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Hey, thanks for
4: having me, Gene. Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. GCN.
8: More and more people are discovering the incredible benefits of alkalizing the body. And there's no better product for it than AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Packed with a powerful combination of the most alkaline minerals and compounds, just a few drops in water will rid your body of harmful waste and give you more vibrance and vigor than you've had in years. Now buy two bottles and get $10 off your order. Call 800-518-7615 or visit alkavision.com. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at alkavision.com.
16: Is negative
12: content or comments on the web affecting your personal or professional reputation? Unfavorable comments, embarrassing pictures, videos, legal documents, and bad tweets can ruin your personal life, your career, or your business. It happens a lot, and it's just not fair. But what can you do? Reputation.com can protect your good name. Get a free consultation now at 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Call Right now, for a free expert reputation analysis, it's easy to squash the unfair attacks with our patented system, and the analysis is absolutely free. Make the best things about you jump out in searches. Protect your personal and professional reputation, your business, and your income. Get your free reputation analysis from reputation.com right now. Call 800 831 0771. 800 831 0771. 800 831 0771.
6: Why do over 50% of North Americans suffer from some form of chronic ailment? Could it be due to a toxic overload? It's time to take back your life. Get the lead out as well as the cadmium, mercury, and calcium. Extendivite is a garlic cayenne supplement with five other herbs that acts like a natural drain cleaning out the stored toxins, restoring your energy and youthfulness that we've lost. If you would like to live your life free of sickness, pain, or fear, then ExtendoVite is for you. Available in either capsules or liquid, you too can see why ExtendoVite is the number one heart drop available. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit
18: our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with
4: ExtendoVite.
11: what's going to happen next you never know when you're listening to the tech night owl live with gene steinberg
0: well this is the kind of show we haven't put together for a long time where we have more than one of our guest experts sit in the same virtual room and they both can hammer me into submission, which a lot of people want to do, (laughs) hammer each other into submission, or have a love fest. I have no idea what's going to happen, except that we have Kirk McElhern back with Peter Cohen. Kirk is in the UK. Peter Cohen is in Massachusetts. I'm in Arizona, so we're all in trouble before we get started.
19: On the other hand, if if a major uh, catastrophe happens, probably only one of us will be uh, taken at any given time.
0: Yes, but hope it's not me because I control the connection.
19: You control the vertical, you control the horizontal. We're on the outer limits with Gene Steinberg. Don't change the channel.
0: Well, you can't because we control the transmission. You know, it's kind of like General Zod in Man of Steel where he takes over the entire planet's communications facilities.
20: See, there you go again. You get into movies about superheroes. But you
0: know, he's merely imitating in that film what they did in Earth versus the Flying Saucers back in the 1950s, where the aliens took over all of Earth's communications channels to send a message.
19: Earth versus the Flying Saucers was a better movie than Man of Steel.
0: Well, I know, or did know, because he's no longer here in the earthly plane, the person whose book was used as a rough basis for that movie. And of course, the special effects were done by Ray Harryhausen. So I don't know why we're talking about this on the Tech Night Out Live. I wanted to bring up a few subjects and let you guys go into it. Kirk, you and I have talked about this before. But Peter, maybe you saw this in response to Apple Music. There was a piece in CNN suggesting the sound will be worse because we're moving from 320 kilobit MP3 files for Beats Music to 256k aac
19: you know as much as i'd like to chime in on this i'm going to defer to kirk because kirk is much more of an audio uh audiophile than i am but i'm sure that he's got some strong opinions on this definitely not
20: an audiophile because audiophile means you know gold cables and, and fancy equipment and all that but it's pretty simple the mp3 and aac codecs are different um aac at 256 is as good as if not better than 320 mp3 so it's really a moot point it was a clickbait article um they really should have had a technical editor look at it and say really and just delete it from their content management system
0: well you know apparently what happened here is virtually everybody who responded to that article said he doesn't know what he's talking about but like everything else they will never respond they will never correct the piece
20: Well, it's surprising when you go on the web and you see an article like that on a major news site, and there are so many comments pointing out errors that they just seem to ignore it and leave it up.
0: You wonder here, did the author of that article read the responses? Does he understand why they responded the way they did? Did he do any research? No.
19: Yeah, you know, I, I think it's unfortunate, but um, it's also par for course these days everywhere. I mean, you know, there's there's very little copy editing that goes on. There's more there's a, any more on on the web. There's very little fact checking. You know, it's become a casualty, unfortunately, of of the uh, uh, the new publishing model uh, that that we all deal with. So, yeah, I agree with Kirk that it probably should have been killed before it ever saw the light of day. Uh, but that didn't stop plenty of traffic from from getting sent uh, sent its way, and. Um, you know, it's it's unfortunate. Here's the bottom line. It, and it doesn't really matter if it's 320K uh, MP3 or 256K AAC or 128-bit um, uh, 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 whatever. Um, many, many people are not going to notice the difference. They're not going to notice the difference because they don't care about the difference that much. You know, there's there's certainly a finite limit to how much you can compress audio before it sounds like crap. No question. But the, the bottom line is that that um, different people are going to hear music different ways, and they're going to be listening for different things in different ways. And a lot of times when we hear about, you know, lossless versus lossy compression schemes for music or this bitrate or that bitrate, um, the people who are talking about it are people who are heavily invested in what they're talking about. But their tastes and their comments may not be reflective of the population as a whole. So, um, as as in all things, I recommend that people who read this stuff and sort of scratch their heads, do their own research and figure out for themselves uh, what sounds the best and whether or not you know the equipment that you're using and and how your ears are tuned. Uh, is 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 going to make a difference for you um d- with regards to what bit rate you're buying your stuff at i did make a point for a while to uh whenever i could download uh lossless files from independent music uh, artists who were releasing their uh their music via var- various sources i don't really make it a point anymore because quite frankly um i noticed that i was wasting a lot of hard drive drive space but i didn't really notice a big amount of um of, of improvement to audio from what I was hearing on the systems that I was listening on.
0: And as a matter of fact, another,
19: uh, go ahead, Kirk.
20: Another point is context. Um, a lot of people who are going to be using Apple music are going to be doing so on mobile devices. Now you're walking around with your iPhone and either Apple's white earbuds or some sort of inexpensive headphone. You won't notice the difference even between um, CD quality and 96K. It, it's worth noting that Spotify uses 96 kilobit audio for its mobile streaming. And no one pointed out that that on paper sounds worse than either the 256 or the 320. But the point is, once you're in an environment where you've got a lot of background noise, you're walking, you're on a train, a bus, or whatever, and you don't have really good headphones, you're just simply not going to notice the difference.
0: Well, as you guys know, I'm very close friends with Bob Carver, who's one of our advertisers, who is somebody who for years has studied how things sound and how to alter the sonic characteristics. So he's the kind of guy who can actually make a normal solid state amplifier sound like the most expensive exotic tube amplifier. But it comes down to this, and that is that under normal listening circumstances, if you have a decent system, and you have one of the modern audio codecs at a decent bit rate. That and lossless, the differences are so subtle, most people won't hear those differences reliably. That's the story. Let's go on to something else. As,
20: Peter said, as Peter said, a lot of people who talk about this have a vested interest. In other words, they're trying to sell you lossless files at a higher price, or they're trying to sell you hardware um, that's supposed to sound better. It,
19: Neil, really, Young. <coughs> Neil Young, Neil Young, <coughs>
20: Yeah, yeah. For example, Neil Young, who has hearing problems, who has tinnitus and and all this, so he's not, you know, this 70-some-odd-year-old guy, he's not the one to talk about audio quality. So, yeah, test it for yourself. Don't listen to what anyone says. And above all, it's about the music. It's not about the, the sound. It's about the emotion that you get in the music. And Neil Young is wrong when he says that MP3 files strip the emotion from the music. That emotion is still there. I mean, Gene and I were the older ones here on the program compared to Peter. We grew up with eight-track tapes and car stereos. that sounded really bad, but we still loved the music.
0: Heck, I loved music on my $29 vinyl record player when I was 12 years old. I'd listen to music on that religiously, and it took a number of years before I could afford to get something that sounded better.
20: Your first experience, we're, we're old enough that our first experiences were on mono record players, not even stereos, not even turntables, basic record players. Um, the music was vibrant. It was alive because it's music. It's not the bit rate. It's not the audio format.
0: So there you go. That's the story about the music. And once again, also, remember that if you go into a store and you listen to audio equipment, it's very easy to be fooled. Into thinking one thing sounds better than the other because it's very slightly louder, just fraction of a decibel louder. That's enough to s- you feel the presence and the reality and the emotion of that music. That's all a trick, folks. All right, we have Peter Cohen with iMore. We have Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy, together in one room. May the best person win. I'm Gene well, Steinberg. This- You're in the Tech Night Out Live.
4: A little right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network,
0: GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out
8: If you're worried about your health and you're tired of the nasty side effects of harsh drugs or antibiotics, then look no further. Supernatural Silver is the answer. answer. Supernatural Silver is a powerful immune system enhancer that can be used every day to help keep you healthy and well with none of those nasty side effects. It's extremely safe for use internally as well as topically. And Supernatural Silver is hundreds of times more effective than colloidal or ionic silver. It is perfect for use in the sinuses, eyes, ears, and on any wound or skin issue. Supernatural Silver is also extremely effective when taken orally and can help fight off bacteria, viruses, and mold that may be overwhelming your immune system. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code Silver2015 for 30% off of your entire order and give yourself and your loved ones a fighting chance with Supernatural Silver.
11: You never know what's going to happen next while listening to The Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg.
0: This, folks, is not a fight. These two are longtime friends, but we're having fun here. Let's move to some other topics. Speaking of lame articles. Now, Kirk's response was maybe three words, but I know Peter did a longer piece at iMore about this. Some columnist over the Wall Street Journal suggested that Apple really is doing too many things, I guess, and therefore they should stop building Macs. Now, take a deep breath, folks. Peter, what do you think?
19: Well, Christopher Mims is his name. I, I believe in calling people out to be publicly shamed because I'm from New England and we're big into you know, puritanical social shaming. So anyway, Mims wrote this piece on The Wall Street Journal earlier this week, and his basic thesis is that companies can do one, maybe two things right at a time, and that Apple should really kill the Mac uh, in favor of its big moneymaker, which is iOS. You know, if you take a look at, if you if you only go by Apple's balance sheet, you can kind of make sense of what he's saying. Because the iPhone earned Apple in revenue a, a significantly greater portion of revenue than, than the Mac did. Uh, something like on the order of six, seven, I think greater than seven times the amount of revenue. Given that, you know, it's easy to look at the Mac and say, well, this thing's rounding error, get rid of it. Uh, however, the Mac still made Apple billions of dollars last quarter. So, um, discounting billions of dollars from your balance sheet simply because it's not your your strength right now is foolish. But, but th- there are a few basic problems with his thesis. One is that um, the Mac does not exist in a vacuum. The Mac is not drawing attention or drawing resources away from iOS. In fact, Apple over the years, has been very careful to develop a concept-centric design philosophy that doesn't put any individual platform or product at the center of the design concept, but rather taking a a more holistic approach towards the entire workflow. They understand that some of their users are going to use Macs, that Macs are better suited for some uh, activities than than iOS, and vice versa. So, um, you know, we see this continuity. uh, And I use that word... With the full realization that continuity means something very specific within the Apple context because it's something that Apple has marketed as, you know, drifting seamlessly between iOS and and OS X. But we see this continuity in everything that Apple does. Plus, there, there are a couple of basic logistical problems. If Apple were to stop developing the Mac tomorrow, what would every Apple employee in the world use on their desktop? They certainly wouldn't use PCs. If uh, Apple were to uh, discontinue the Mac tomorrow, what and this perhaps is the most important point, what would iOS developers write their iOS apps on? Because right now there is one platform that you can use to work in Xcode, which is Apple's Integrated Development Environment, or IDE, used to make iOS apps, and that is the Mac. The Mac is the machine that feeds the beast, as I put it in the editorial. Um, until that changes, I don't think we're in any danger of the Mac going away, and I don't think we're in any danger of the Mac going away tomorrow. You know, Steve Jobs famously made this comment before he died that we're living in a post-PC era, um, and a lot of people took that to, to mean, oh, you know, Apple is is no longer taking the, the computer seriously, Uh, Apple is going all in as an iOS or as as a tablet and mobile device vendor. Nothing could be further from the truth. What Jobs said at the time, in context was that people were moving away from the PC um, and were able to do other things with mobile devices. That, you know, just like on a freeway or a highway, you're going to find people who are driving uh, passenger vehicles. You're going to find people who are driving SUVs. You're going to find people who are driving compact cars, pickup trucks, and semis. You know, each of those fits into a different part of the ecosystem on the roadway. Likewise, when people are using computing devices, some of them are going to be very happy just using a mobile device like a phone. Others are going to need a tablet and a phone or a phone. Others are going to need a computer. Some people are going to need a desktop. Some people are going to need a laptop. It's good that Apple makes all these devices and makes them so well and integrates them so beautifully. So we've got a complete ecosystem of products to use um, and, and really have our choice. That's my two cents. Kirk?
20: I want to just agree with everything Peter said and go just a little bit further. There is an awful lot of cross-fertilization between OS X and iOS. iOS is technically based on OS X, the, the sort of underpinnings of iOS. And it's very easy for Apple to develop a feature on one of these two platforms and adapt it or port it to the other platform. So we've seen features that have been developed on one and added to the other going in both directions. Getting rid of the Mac would mean getting rid of a huge sandbox where Apple is able to create features that they can eventually scale down to use on iOS devices and even eventually on the Apple Watch.
0: So the point being here is that Apple has developed a symbiotic system of hardware and software that works very well. Plus there are lots of people out there I count myself among them, and of course I know you and two would agree with me, who depend on Macs for our workflows. And tomorrow we're not going to give it up and go to a PC. At the same time, PC sales are, for the most part, going down. Mac sales are going up. Why kill a good thing? Forget about every other consideration. Why kill a good
20: thing? Well, my my take on this is that I think he was reflecting the opinion of a lot of people on Wall Street who really don't know a lot about technology. They're just looking at numbers and stock prices. And perhaps he was in a lunch with a few traders and they said, you know, what if Apple did this? And he said, hey, that would be an interesting article to throw out. Uh, I, I don't know how seriously this the, the, this writer took this article, whether he meant it really whether he really believed what he was saying or whether he was just tossing out the idea. But I can't imagine Wall Street people looking at it that way. I mean, Apple's stock has sort of flattened out in recent times, and they were used to enormous growth, and they're not getting it. They need to feed their habits. So maybe, you know, maybe it's some of these Wall Street people who suggested, you know, what if Apple did this and, and shaved a few billion dollars off their expenses? But again, it doesn't think, coherently about the overall ecosystem, the way everything's interrelated. As Peter said, how are they going to develop iOS apps? Would Apple really make an Xcode in the cloud? I doubt that would be sustainable. You
0: well, know- you see, part of it is that this writer wasn't thinking about the implications. He was looking, as you say, maybe on dollars and cents, hard choices. But also, if you look at the Wall Street reaction to the Worldwide Developers Conference, Apple stock went down, it's been down a few dollars, They weren't impressed. Oh, it's just a few minor fixes for the operating systems. And didn't Apple copy a couple of things from Android and from Windows? So to them, it's nothing.
19: I don't agree with that at all, Gene. I think that uh, buy on rumors, uh, sell on news is uh, standard operating procedure for Wall Street, and has been for decades. Um, so uh, the fact that that Apple's stock price depressed following WWDC shouldn't surprise anyone. That's just the way that Wall Street works. Having said that, I've actually had a chance to you know sort of needle mims on Twitter a couple of times since he posted that thing, and he ac- he actually said to me a few days ago, uh, you know, in retrospect, I wish that I had written it as a. a love Love letter for the iPad instead of a knock at, at uh, the Mac. And whether he's saying that to sort of get away from the, the inevitable criticism that he doesn't know what he's talking about, or uh, to kind of redirect or refocus what he wanted to say, I think it's, it's telling. You know, there, there's no question that, um, as I was saying before about the post-PC era comment from Steve Jobs, a lot of people find the tablet environment more and more viable as their only means of communication, Uh, computing device, I mean, their only means of computing. Um, I see this all the time. You know, we've talked about this before, Gene. I work in a retail store on the weekends where we sell Apple products. I I don't work for Apple. I work for an independent reseller. Uh, But I sell Macs. I sell iPads. I sell iPods. I sell accessories. And many of my customers are iPad owners who don't have a personal computer at home. That brings with it its own set of issues. You know, when a major operating system uh, update comes out, like iOS... We ordinarily tell our customers back up to your computer before you try to um, to upgrade, and that way you'll be able to restore more easily. Or they'll come in with a locked machine because they've forgotten their passcode, and you know the only way of getting out of that mode is to hook it up to a computer running iTunes and uh, and and restore it. Many of these customers don't have computers anymore. They've gotten rid of their old laptops. They've gotten rid of their old PC compatibles. They may have even gotten rid of an old Macintosh because it's not something that they use anymore. And they do everything that they need to on. T- And you know what? This isn't just elderly customers. These are our middle aged customers. These are younger customers coming in, in many cases, kids. The only computer that they had or the only computer they've had is an iPad. So we can't discount that a lot of people out there are finding tablets to be more and more viable as their only computing device. And, you know, having said that, For many of those people, they're going to scratch their heads and say, well, what's the point of owning a Mac or what's the point of owning a PC? You know, Microsoft has certainly seen that bite into their bottom line as fewer and fewer people buy PCs. Apple's been able to reverse the trend. Apple has gained market share consistently for the last nine years with the exception of one quarter. So, uh, you know, more people are buying Macs, but fewer people overall are buying PCs, not just here in the U.S., but worldwide.
0: So much for getting rid of the Mac. This is the Tech Night out Alive.
4: Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN.
2: It's very easy to be a criminal. All you need to burglarize a home is one simple household tool, a pair of scissors. If your home security system can be compromised by a criminal using scissors, then you're making it easy for them. Almost every home security system, even those sold by big-name companies, has a weakness. The phone line. You shell out $1,500, get locked into a long-term contract, and think you're safe, but a burglar can destroy your alarm in seconds with one snip, and when a burglar cuts your phone line, you. You're defenseless. Simply Safe Home Security is the smarter choice. Built by Harvard engineers, Simply Safe uses a wireless connection to call the cops. Scissors can't cut it, and that means your home stays safe. 24-7 professional monitoring is under $15 a month with no contract. Simply Safe Home Security keeps you safer than the other guys for half the cost. Protect your home with the alarm you can trust. Simply Safe. Go to SimplySafeDefense.com now for an exclusive 10% offer. That's SimplySafeDefense.com.
7: Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg.
0: I'm Gene Steinberg, we're in the Tech Night Out Live, and we are continuing our focus on current issues affecting Apple with Peter Cohen from I Am War and the iTunes guy himself, Kirk McElhern. Let's move to the Worldwide Developers Conference here. Now, I was reading an article, an FAQ or FAQ or Frequently Asked Questions over at iMore listing changes in El Capitan, the new OS X version coming this fall. There's a lot of stuff there, man. Even though they think, well, it's just split, few, and a couple of things, there are quite a few features there. And when I look at the feature set for Windows 10, I think it's even less. So what do you think are the most important things, Peter, about the next operating system?
19: Well, I would say right up front, uh, the thing that, that excites me personally the most about El Capitan is uh, is metal. Now, um, if you you missed the announcement last year, Metal is something that Apple introduced with iOS 8. And what it does is it enables um, the the device to render graphics uh, without all of the graphics overhead that uh, was present before. In a, in a typical model of drawing graphics to to your screen, the CPU is left idling uh, much of the time. Is the GPU or graphics processing unit, uh, even the integrated graphics processor in lower end Macs and uh, and so on, um, spends most of its time idle while the CPU is doing a lot of very heavy compute work. Metal takes abstracts that 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 part away, so the CPU. Um, is no longer the bottleneck. The GPU is so the faster the graphics processor in your device, whether it's an iPhone 5 or an iPhone, uh, fi- an iPhone 5s or an iPhone 6 or an iPad 2, iPad Air 2, um, you will see faster graphics performance. Well, Metal is coming to OS 10 El Capitan, uh, and what that means is that um, basically every computer that's been built uh, by Apple since 2012 is going to see some performance benefit here. Um, and that performance benefit doesn't just mean faster frame rates in video games, although that's certainly a practical application. It, almost everything, every app that you use hits OpenGL, the graphics uh, uh, drivers that, that OS X uses in, in some way, uh, shape or form. And Metal will enable all of that to run faster. So you won't just see faster graphics performance in games, but you're also going to see faster performance in applications like Adobe Photoshop or Adobe Illustrator um, or iMovie or Photos. You know, you're going to see performance improvements in all of these things. Uh, That's very exciting. That's one of the most exciting things for me. But there are a lot of... I guess you could call them user-facing enhancements that will make uh, OS 10 more efficient to use and uh, more pleasant to use, like split-screen, for example. Uh, split-screen mode will enable you to more easily have two windows from different applications open on the screen uh, at once, so you can copy and paste between them or compare information between them. Mission control is getting improvements, so it'll make it easier for you to navigate between open applications than you could before. Mail, Safari... Maps—they're all getting major improvements. Maps in OS 10 uh, El Capitan is going to be adding transit directions. So, if you're fortunate enough to live in one of the major cities, that's going to have transit uh, directions right off the top, you'll be able to more easily figure out where you're going if you're going to rely on mass transit. Um, so, there are a lot of user-facing enhancements in OS 10 that are really great to look forward to. What's amazing about all of this is that Apple has not budged the system requirements on El Capitan um, compared to Yosemite. So, if your Mac could run Yosemite, last year, it'll be able to run El Capitan as well. The same 2007-era machines on forward are going to benefit. Um, They're not going to get all the same benefits. Metal, for example, is going to be limited to machines um, that were built since 2012. But uh, for everything else, um, you're going to get some some changes that are going to be nice and, and new.
20: Peter's last comment is exactly what I was going to say. I think one of the most interesting things for consumers is the fact that they won't need to upgrade their Macs. Um, to take advantage of El Capitan, even though metal only goes back a few years, I mean, a 2007 Mac that's eight years old, you'll still be able to run the latest operating system. Granted, you can still use Windows something on an eight-year-old PC, probably. Um, But for the longevity of Macs, for people who do have Macs at home and who don't renew their computers very often, this is uh, certainly a good thing. This said, and Peter knows this being in retail, you're going to have people who come in and say, well, how can I make my Mac a little bit faster? And this gives all sorts of opportunities for vendors um, to sell people more RAM and to sell them SSDs to replace their hard drives. So uh, on the one hand, consumers can rejuvenate their old Macs pretty much on the cheap, and resellers will have an opportunity to help them do that, too.
0: Yay for us. Now, I wanted to ask you something specifically because I'd read the same stories about Metal and the graphics cards and hardware it supports. Is that officially documented by Apple or is it something that's inferred?
19: Uh, well, I don't know if it's user-facing yet, but yeah, that's that's the word from WWDC last week. And the developer uh, information on um, – oh, what do you call it? On, on uh, Apple's El- developer on, website. Right? Yeah. yeah, on El Capitan is, is available uh, – by and large, without actually having to log in as a developer, so it's it's no longer restricted by NDA or anything like that.
0: All right, so this is something now, that will be fine print then about. This well, have, yeah, I
19: mean, having said that, obviously it's not it ain't over until the fat lady sings, as the old expression goes. So um, don't don't count your chickens before your ha- before they hatch or anything until Apple actually has the information posted on on their website um on a user facing page it's not official but yeah that's the word right now
0: okay but that's fairly normal here there's only so much you can do with older hardware before you have to say okay this can't be done you're right kirk what's your favorite thing about el capitan so far
20: uh, well it's certainly the performance enhancements with metal as, as peter highlighted you know the first thing that he wanted to speak about is the same thing that I would have said um i'm not I'm not seeing a whole lot of user-facing enhancements that really impress me. Um, I don't really use mission control. I do use spaces. Um, the split-screen thing is something I already do. You can use a great utility called Moom um, to, to organize your windows. Um, the enhanced spotlight is kind of interesting, but it doesn't seem great compared to other tools, like I use LaunchBar to find files on my Mac and launch them and things like that. I am quite impressed by Notes, though. I like the fact that Apple is indirectly taking on something like Evernote, um, providing something that, assuming iCloud syncing works well, which isn't always the case, will let you have rich Notes with um, with with pictures and text, formatted text across your devices. And I, and I think that's a pretty good move because the Notes app has been one of... The the most ignored apps on both the Mac and on and on iOS. It's it's been it used to have that marker felt font which was embarrassing. Um, the display was never really well done. It would you'd have things like white fonts on a uh, uh, yellow fonts on a white background, or you had that yellow skeuomorphic legal paper before. Um, I think that's a really good change. I, I think the changes in Safari are pretty nice. The pinned sites it it's. It's not exactly the same as the, the current favorites bar, but it looks like it's a lot more useful. Um, it makes the, the favorites bar takes the full name of the site, so it takes a lot more space. Um, the pin site is just the site's favicon, icon, and you can stick them off in a corner and open the websites you use most really quickly. Um, I think the mute all tabs feature is something that we're all going to like when we get to a page and we've opened another tab and there's an autoplay video someplace and we want to throw our Mac against the wall to stop the autoplay video, this will save us a little bit of money.
19: Oh, I am so Um, happy about that particular feature. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) It's happened to me so many times where all of a sudden a website... Because I'm one of those people who is like a a tab pack rat. You know, I'll have five, ten... 15 tabs open at a time because I'm uh, kind of attention deficit and switching between a lot of different things simultaneously. And then all of a sudden, an app will start making noise or a web page will start making noise. You know, maybe an ad will autoplay or um, a, a, a video that's embedded in the page will start to autoplay. And uh, you know it'll go. It'll it'll make me scramble for my uh, volume uh, button, and it's really embarrassing if I'm using my laptop at night and my wife is already fast asleep. And then all of a sudden, hey, do you have prostate cancer? Wait, what? (laughs) You know, that's a good way to
0: end this. Till we go to our next segment with Peter Cohen, Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out live. Neighbors, let Bitdefender worry about security. Just enjoy your Mac. Bitdefender antivirus for Mac. Complete protection 24 7 and take a selfie with your Mac, post it on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and tag it HugAMAC for a chance to win a MacBook Air. To learn more, go to bitdefender.com backslash hugAMAC. Bitdefender.com backslash hugAMAC.
9: Hi, John Hubner from Midas Resources. Are you tired of watching your hard-earned assets dwindle away? As government spending is out of hand and the Federal Reserve is creating in excess of $20 billion a week, are you tired of stockbrokers gambling away your hard-earned money? Is this market a setup for a crash greater than 1987? Too many of today's policies resemble those that led to the collapse of 1929. This is John Hubner, and that was me in 2007.
0: Kirk and Peter Cohen. We continue on the Tech Night Out Live. So that's the thing I always worry about with web developers. What possesses them to set up a site? And I realize it's a marketing thing.
20: That, it's not the web developers. Of course not. It's the, it's, it's the advertising people. The and advertising people they, are well, dumb.
0: And I want to explain why. Imagine this. You go to a site and you're just calmly doing whatever you're doing without any warning You hear something play. And it's always the commercial before the video content, whatever it is.
20: Well, it's not only that. So there's a very well-known Mac website that I write for that does this, and they've been doing it off and on. And I had a freaky experience this morning. I'm working on a, a book, and I wanted to reference an article I'd written a few years ago. And I go find it on the website, and I load the article, and then I switch back to the app I'm using for the book, and I hear myself speaking. And I realized it was a video that I had done for this website, and it happened on the page of my article in autoplay. That was just too weird. But I know for a fact that it's not the editorial staff who want this, and it's not the editorial staff that can control this at all. Um, On this particular website, it's gone back and forth in recent years. It's back now to autoplay videos, unfortunately. The
0: issue being, of course, that people in the marketing and advertising divisions believe there's
20: a benefit to this. But these, see, these aren't even ads. These are, these are screencasts that we do. I don't see how it benefits anyone to open a web page to see an article about topic A and to have a screencast autoplay about topic Q, which is totally unrelated.
0: Well, just having it at all is a serious
19: intrusion. I know. Websites should be seen and not heard as far as I'm concerned. But well, that's just me. And, well, and, and there are a lot of band websites that do the same thing with autoplay music.
20: Um, and that's just as evil. I think any there should be no autoplay, period.
0: Well, I agree with you there.
20: Uh, apparently, word on the street today is that Twitter is going to integrate autoplay videos into, their, um, into the Twitter timeline. Now, presumably, this is only on the Twitter website and the official Twitter clients. Um, for now, I think most of us use third-party clients, as long as we're still able to, before Twitter kills them off. Yeah, that'll um, make
19: me stop using TweetDeck in a hurry.
20: Yeah, but... I think one of the things they, they mentioned in their tweet about this was that to save your thumbs a little work or some ridiculous statement like that, it may save your thumbs a little work to scroll past the video you don't want to see, but it's really going to annoy people when, you know, all of a sudden things are playing. And, and it's not just Peter in bed at night with his wife. It's someone at work who happens to be looking at Twitter. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's, um, hey, do you have erectile dysfunction? And everyone in the office is going to hear that.
0: You see, this also goes back to the off-repeated request I hear, that Apple makes a mistake by not including Siri on a desktop Mac. But you have to consider a normal work environment. Now, we understand with a personal device, like an Apple Watch or an iPhone or a tablet or an iPad, but with a computer, you're sitting there in a cubicle, and suddenly you're going to say, Hello, Siri, do something for me? That's going to disturb
20: everybody. If you've got 15 people talking to Siri at the same time, it's a problem. Because one of them is going to yell out, hey, Siri, and everyone, all their computers are going to start listening. I, I kind of expected Siri to come to OS 10 with El Capitan. I, I thought it would be part of Spotlight at least. Um, and it's not. And that made me think that maybe they've got another plan that with watch OS 2 or 2.1 or 3 or whatever, you can talk to your watch and what you say to Siri will be transmitted to your Mac. Because in that case, you're able to talk into a small microphone instead of yelling to get to your to the, to the internal microphone on your Mac, and it would be a little bit more discreet. And it would also be less likely to wake up when someone three desks away says, hey, Siri.
0: Now imagine the scene here if businesses adopt Windows 10, and it's got Cortana, and people start talking at their computers. Of course, I assume that system admins will disable that feature
20: well it's you know this is one reason why voice voice recognition software hasn't really taken off in the workplace um i'm a big dictator in in the sense of dictating to my devices um i often dictate to my iphone because the little keyboard annoys me um i often dictate to my mac using drag and dictate but if you've got a lot of people in an office using dictation it just turns into chaos and no one can work like that um and even you've got Dictation built into OS 10. I doubt it's re- very widely used for the same reason. If you, you need a dedicated microphone for it to really be good. And again, if you're in a cubicle farm, you're going to have people nearby. Um, your Dictation software, your microphone is going to pick up their phone calls. Um, or if they're dictating and they're giving a command, um, create new mail message to someone, which you can do in Dragon Dictate your microphone might pick it up and create a new mail message on your computer.
0: So we understand the confusion here. We understand well, the confusion.
20: It, it's confusing. It's speech recognition is one of those things that is truly magical when you understand how to make it work. I I've been actually using speech recognition since the first Mac app called via voice that was made by IBM sometime in the late 1990s and um, I used to work as a translator before I worked as a writer. And being able to dictate saved me a lot of time. Um, it's only in the past few years that it's become really, really efficient. And I can dictate an entire article with drag and dictate um, maybe five times as fast as I can type. Um, but th- the problem is that this only works in, in, a, in a small, enclosed environment. And once you get people into an office, it's just, it just doesn't work. It's not made for that.
0: Well, this is, of course, one of the things here. If Microsoft has a feature, Apple's got to have it too. But if Apple has a feature, they're imitating Microsoft.
20: Well, they're not imitating Microsoft because they already have a dictation feature. Um, But if they bring Siri, they're imitating Microsoft, except for the fact that they've already had Siri on the iPhone. So I don't really think that's an issue.
19: Yeah, you know, it's funny. It'll be interesting to see if Siri, if and when Siri ever comes to the Mac. I think that Siri is such a... Uh, a prominent, um, well, marketing feature, if nothing else, of iOS that Apple will be hard-pressed to integrate it into the Mac without uh, losing something in the process. It, what it's clear that they're doing is that they're trying to make more Siri-like features into the operating system with uh, the introduction of more natural language recognition and spotlight. You know, that's great. So I can do a query on, you know, I can, I can say, show me documents that uh, contain... Uh, the words El Capitan that I've written in the last week, and Spotlight is going to understand that. That gets us, that gets me to where I need to go, the, the gap that would have been filled with having Siri on OS 10.
20: Yeah, it's typed Siri as opposed to dictated Siri.
19: Right, exactly, and you know, I think that that just because of the nature of the way that we use computers and uh, some of the things that you were talking about, Kirk, I think that 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 sort of interface makes a lot more sense than uh, uh, than 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 having you know Siri wide recognition um, across the operating system in OS Ten.
0: I want to remind all of you that we have that special feature of the show called TechNite Al Plus. That's TechNightOwlPlus Al Plus at plus dot dot com. What that gives you is the ad-free version of this show for a modest monthly annual or five-year subscription rate. Check it out, plus.technightowl.com. We have Peter Cohen. We have Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live.
4: largest independently owned and operated talk radio network the genesis communications network g c n from the makers of Blockit Pocket, we bring you a serious
12: message about the health risks associated with cell phones and wireless devices. Studies have shown that long term exposure can contribute to an assortment of health risks. Blockit Pocket offers you two new products designed to help alleviate your concerns. See these two remarkable products at BlockitPocket.com. Call 888 315 9618. Free shipping to the lower 48. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy.
17: Hey, Berkey Guy here. Are you still drinking unfiltered tap water? Does your water contain chlorine or fluoride? Will you have drinkable water in an emergency? The Berkey Guy is here to help you remove these and other potential contaminants from your water, thus helping you drink clean, purified water. We offer Berkey water purification systems at the lowest available prices online. Don't go another moment without Berkey system. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands drink clean, purified water. Join them by visiting GoBerkey.com or call me, The Berkey Guy, at 877-886-3653. That's 877-886-3653. If you're worried
8: about your health and you're tired of the nasty side effects of harsh drugs or antibiotics, then look no further. Supernatural Silver is the answer. Supernatural Silver is a powerful immune system enhancer that can be used every day to help keep you healthy and well with none of those nasty side effects. It's extremely safe for use internally as well as topically and Supernatural Silver is hundreds of times more effective than colloidal or ionic silver. It is perfect for use in the sinuses, eyes, ears, and on any wound or skin issue. Supernatural Silver is also extremely effective when taken orally and can help fight off bacteria, viruses, and mold that may be overwhelming your immune system. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code Silver2015 for 30% off of your entire order and give yourself and your loved ones a
14: fighting chance with Supernatural Silver. Registered pharmacist Ben Fuchs ensures he gets the best use of his mineral supplements by using Longevity's
11: Ultimate Enzymes. If you start a nutritional supplement program and you find that you get loose stools more than you get any benefits from the supplements, there's a good chance that you're not absorbing minerals. Now here's the thing about minerals and mineral absorption. You need to have a functioning fat system. You need to have functioning bile, you need to have a well-functioning liver and a well-functioning gallbladder in order to get the benefits from nutritional supplements with minerals. It's very common that As we get older, we don't absorb fats, we don't utilize fats, and then you won't be utilizing or absorbing minerals either. I would be getting on the Ultimate Enzymes for Longevity. I'd be making sure I was taking them with all my meals.
14: To get optimal use of your nutritional supplements, order Ultimate Enzymes from longevity by calling 866-735-2470. That's 866-735-2470 or on the web at brightsidebed.com. That's brightsidebed.com. Order today.
2: It's very easy to be a criminal. All you need to burglarize a home is one simple household tool, a pair of scissors. If your home security system can be compromised by a criminal using scissors, then you're making it easy for them. Almost every home security system even those sold by big-name companies has a weakness: the phone line. You shell out fifteen hundred bucks, get locked into a long-term contract, and think you're safe. But a burglar can destroy your alarm in seconds with one snip. And when a burglar cuts your phone line, you're, you're defenseless. Simply Safe Home Security is the smarter choice. Built by Harvard engineers, Simply Safe uses a wireless connection to call the cops. Scissors can't cut it, and that means your home stays safe. Twenty-four-seven professional monitoring is under fifteen dollars a month with no contract simply safe home security keeps you safer than the other guys for half the cost protect your home with the alarm you can trust simply safe go to simplysafedefense.com now for an exclusive 10 percent offer that's simply safedefense.com
11: you're listening to the tech night owl live with gene steinberg never know what's going to happen next.
0: On the Tech Night Out Live, we have Peter Cohen. He hangs out at iMore. Kirk McElhern is the iTunes guy for Macworld. We've been talking about OS X, about all the new features, and iOS 9. Peter Cohen. What impresses you most?
19: The thing that excites me, the single thing that excites me the most about iOS 9 is is a long-standing problem that I've had ever since I got my first iPad. Uh, And that has to do with managing insertion points and uh, selecting text. Because I like to do writing, obviously. And uh, you know, writing even just emails um, on, on the iPad has been a lot of trouble because you know, maybe I want to revise what I've written, or maybe I want to move a passage of text from one paragraph to another trying to do it right now on the iPad, or for that matter, the iPhone, is uh, is problematic. You have to tap on the right place, uh, then you have to drag, and it's very inexact, and I never get the results that I want. The one feature that I'm looking forward to the most, I think, with iOS uh, 9 right now is a, a trackpad-like gesture that they're introducing for on-screen motion. So with two fingers, I'll be able to swipe up, select the text that I want to, and uh, move it around. This one thing will make me use the iPad a lot more uh, for writing and for editing uh, uh, documents and images and so on than anything that I've done before. I think that's a real game changer for iOS.
0: Now, the only thing that concerns me still about the new multitasking features of iOS 9, the iPad, and I can see the value in making it more of a productivity device, is that there are still certain kinds of apps that Apple will never allow because of sandboxing. I think Going back to the Mac, I'm using Audio Hijack now to capture the audio, as a lot of people do. Apple doesn't allow that on the Mac, so you have to download and install the software separately. It will not be allowed within the Mac App Store. Because the things that Rogue Amoeba does, Apple will not accept within their sandboxing limitations. That explains why, for example, with all the multitasking that you will be able to do on the iPad, especially an iPad Air 2 and their successors, I won't be able to use it
19: for what i do here because of the limitations well so be it you know it's apple sandbox yeah, i don't they think do you'll ever be want. able
20: to use an ipad for that yeah apple can do what they want and they want the ipad and the iphone to be a different experience than the mac you can gripe about it but it's not going to change anything just to come back to what peter said i wish they would bring all these new text features to the iphone the worst thing The worst problem I have on the iPhone is trying to edit something where the screen is even smaller and I have fat fingers and you have that little magnifying glass and everything. I don't know why they never wanted to have little arrow keys on the keyboard like you you have on Android. It really makes it easier.
19: Well, I think that um, it comes back to what I was talking about before with the whole post PC era and the uh, you know the, the the car and highway analogy. Apple sees each device fitting slightly differently into their ecosystem, into the way that people use them, and maybe they just don't recognize uh, the benefit yet. I think that. Um, that we'll see some of these features bleed over into the iPhone 6 Plus over time because the the use case for the 6 Plus is a little bit different than the 6 is. Um, Or I I should say larger format iPhones because I assume that there's going to be a product refresh later this year that's going to involve new hardware, um, as there has been, you know, every year since the iPhone came out. But you know, the, I, I think that Apple's expectation for the way that people use these things is is a little bit different. And um, it, Kirk's right, though. You know, it, it's it, it, in, the same, in, the, in the same token, uh, one complaint that I had about iOS 8 with the iPhone 6 Plus was, you know, the iPhone 6 Plus, when you rotate it into a landscape mode, uh, will, will show data um, in a two-pane uh, window that makes it very easy to look at, at information. You can't get that same 2 pane window on the iPhone 6. So these are little details. These are user interface uh, embellishment, user experience things that Apple designs specific to the device, or at least to the format of the device itself, as opposed to sort of taking the Microsoftian approach of one interface, one operating system, one UI to rule them all. And I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing that Apple does because it helps not just Apple, but app developers tailor the experience um, to to be customized depending on what product people are looking at it on as opposed to uh, giving them one mediocre experience that spans the entire gamut.
0: Of course, without going into detail, I wonder if the current Microsoft move, the latest corporate musical chairs, which puts what the mobile division in the same division as the Xbox... They're cutting back, I think, on emphasizing the smartphone line, the line they acquired when they bought the handset division of Nokia. So maybe Microsoft recognizes this and they'll slowly phase out of that.
19: Entirely possible, you know. We'll, we'll we'll see what happens over time. I, I, I think on the last show that I was on uh, with with Eugene, I was I was saying that I, I can't find a lot of fault with the way that Microsoft is executing on on Windows 10 right now. I think that that they're moving forward in some very smart ways in terms of pitching themselves as a service provider as opposed to trying to, you know, make endless iterations of software and positioning Windows 10 as a service. Something that's going to be free for existing users to upgrade to, something that's going to be very easy for people to get uh, on their machines is a smart move on their part. But it, it'll be very interesting to see how uh, their, their, their mobile um, strategy plays out because right now, clearly – Um, They don't have the traction that they need. They don't have the traction that developers need to be part of that ecosystem. And um, they're really working at a deficit compared to Apple and uh, to, to Google with Android as a result.
0: Well, we're not going to go into Microsoft's musical chairs, except, as you know, every couple of three years, two, three years, they move around the divisions. They move around the executives. Some executives are added, some go and you wonder how a corporation works that way with constant reorganization. Not that Apple hasn't had occasional reorganizations, but not to that severe degree. Just an observation. See, they all agree with me.
20: <laughs> silence is, yeah, silence is agreement. Apple Music,
0: forgetting about the Kodak and the bitrate. Peter Cohen, how does Apple stand out from the pack with their subscription music service that's coming on June 30th?
19: Well, Apple is providing a very integrated music experience. You know, there are three tiers to this. One is the ability to buy and download music, which you've been able to do from iTunes for years, and uh, which Apple really made its bones over uh, back in the day. So that's, that's, you know, the, the most obvious way. So, um, y- they're also going to have, uh, this worldwide music service, uh, Beats One, uh, that's going to be broadcast from three different parts of the world with three, um, ostensibly very different, uh, curation talents, uh, uh spearheading the way that it's done. And the third thing that they're doing is the social aspect that will let, um, artists, uh, connect with, um, With customers. The interesting thing for me about Apple Music is that this announcement was made at WWDC uh, in front of a room full of developers who, as near as I could tell, uh, and I, I admit that I was not in the the keynote hall where the the WWDC presentation was made, but I was across the street at AltConf, which is the the free alternative to WWDC, and also filled with developers. This is when developers started flipping open their phone or flipping out their phones and checking email uh, or texting their friends. It was really a message that was lost on developers because there was absolutely no developer facing information in that presentation. That part of the prezo, that one more thing that they talked about with Apple Music, was purely for consumers. It had nothing to do with developers whatsoever. There was no mention of a developer API for Apple Music or any way that developers were going to be able to uh, have meaningful connections inside their apps to Apple Music or anything like that. I assume that that'll be coming at some point down the road. The other thing that really disappointed me really quick was that um, Apple mentioned in an offhand way that a new version of iTunes would be available later this year, uh, but didn't go into any details. And if there is one Apple app that I would like to see blown up and done over... It is iTunes.
0: When it comes to iTunes, I think a lot of people are going to be in full agreement with you. We'll go into more of this in our final segment of the Tech Night Out Live with Kirk McElhern and Peter Cohen. And folks, they're all in the same virtual room.
4: Minds think alike. The network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network.
0: GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their prime hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25 percent. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code Gene when you check out.
11: You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next.
0: Peter Cohen and Kirk McElhern are here. And this is our final segment of the show this week. And we're talking about iTunes. Of course, Kirk's the iTunes guy. Peter Cohen says, let's just blow it up and start again.
20: I laughed when Peter said that because he's constantly complaining about it on Twitter. Rightly so. Um, <laughs> iTunes does have a lot of problems. Uh, Apple said that there would be a new version of iTunes to support Apple Music. So that means that on June 29th or whatever, the day before Apple Music comes out, there will be an update to iTunes. I really don't think they need mean a new version such as iTunes 13, um, I think they mean iTunes 12.2 or whatever it is. It's so if you're basic- wondering
19: why I kill myself on, on June 30th, folks, <laughs> that's why.
20: Yeah, it, it's frustrating. So uh, I think on the last show, Gene and I talked about Apple Music, so I won't repeat a lot of what I said. I think what Apple's doing is very important, and I think there are a lot of people who stream music. If you look at the numbers, uh, Spotify, I think they're up to 75 million users, 20 million of which are paid subscribers. Um, Pandora has 80 million users. So you add them all up and it's, let's say, 200 million people around the world streaming music. That's nothing. It's nothing at all. And I think what Apple's going to bring to the table is they're going to mainstream streaming music Um, the way they mainstreamed podcasts almost exactly 10 years ago, um, the way they mainstreamed music downloads with the iTunes store a couple years before that, I think a lot of people who just don't know that you can stream music are suddenly going to discover that you can through iTunes because they're going to see it in iTunes. They're going to see it on their iPhones and iPads. They're going to get emails from Apple's because anyone, any of the 800 million people with an iTunes account in the hundred countries where it's launching will certainly get marketed for this.
19: Now, let's talk a little bit about the, the the difference though between like beats one and uh, beat and Apple music and what Apple's already done because of course streaming music isn't new to, to, to Apple products Apple has had iTunes radio built in for a while now but it hasn't been really that successful one of the key differences from where, where I'm sitting is that and one of the things that really separated what 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 beats music did well is that they, made human curation important. So, um, you know, some music services, especially the mediocre ones, will, um, in fact, most of them do this. They, they leave it to a computer algorithm, you know, a computer program to figure out what song you should be listening to next. So if you say, I want to listen to Friendly Fires radio, or if I want to listen to Paul Weller radio, um, it'll build you a station. It'll say, okay, well, he likes Paul Weller, so he likes the jam. If he likes the jam, he probably likes The Clash. They figure this out based on algorithms. There isn't a there isn't a person programming the playlist that you listen to. In fact, some of the lousier radio stations that are around do the do the same thing. DJs really don't do much except announce the time and do ad breaks. But that's not how people listen to music. People listen to, the, to music emotionally. They get connected impactfully with music uh, by having emotional resonance. And the only way that you can do that consistently, and this is the thing that Beats has done so well, is by having humans program playlists that make you want to hear what's next and make you want to find out what's next. This is what Apple is doing with Apple Music that, that may, and Beats 1 that makes me so excited. This is going to be live human beings programming music for you that will turn you on to new things and hopefully make you interested in music that you haven't heard before.
20: Finally, I get to disagree with Peter on this show. I think the human curation is important, but I think there are two things going on here. First, the human curation is only going to apply to the most popular genres. It's going to be pop and rock and hip hop and alt and whatever. Um, If you like 20th century classical music or hard bop jazz, there's not going to be any human curation. It's, it's the marquee feature. The Beats One radio is a marquee feature. Bear in mind that this is being broadcast from three English language cities, so London, New York, and Los Angeles, in English to 100 countries around the world, um, let's say 95 of which do not have English as their first language. It's ignoring any sort of local programming, um, you know, French accordion music and German um, beer, garden music, and all that sort of stuff. As someone wrote a couple weeks ago, I can't remember who in what article, they're going to be able to play about 150 songs a day. Now, this is the radio. The, the human curation, it's two things. It's the radio, and it's some of these playlists and and thematic radio stations. But it's limited to a very, very small amount of the music. However, Apple has a secret weapon, and I kind of predicted this about six months ago in an article on my website Um, You may or may not use Genius in iTunes, but Apple's Genius is a bit of computer voodoo that they use to look at your um, iTunes library. They look at everything you bought from the iTunes store, and they put this in a blender, and they compare it to other people's music libraries. So if they know, for instance, that I like The Clash and the Grateful Dead and Bob Dylan and Bill Evans and Miles Davis – they'll find some other people who like the same thing and look for what's in their libraries that's not in mine and try and help you find things that match a sort of eclectic taste. Rather than dumbing things down to just a few genres, Genius is going to allow Apple to leverage um, pretty much the iTunes library of everyone who uses the service and be able to provide algorithmically um, an awful lot of interesting discovery. So, while I think the human curation is good, it's very limited to a handful of genres. um and people with broader musical tastes won't experience that. But I think genius is really Apple's secret weapon here.
0: Do you think in a sense here then, that the human curation is a bit of a hype because a lot of people won't experience it
20: so if if you look at a pyramid and you to turn the pyramid upside down, um it's the the most popular genres are going to be at the top. And then it's going to whittle down as you go down. And if they take, say, 5% of the height of that pyramid, um, they're maybe getting 50% of the listeners. So an awful lot of people are going to be exposed to the human curation, either through the radio or through playlists or even through the other radio stations. Because remember, what we know as iTunes Radio is still going to exist under Apple Music. And some of these stations do have guest DJs. Some of them, for instance, in jazz, ECM has a radio station where they've made a selection of music that they really like. Um, So you're still going to have curation in these thematic or genre-based radio stations. But once you get down past a certain level, you're just not going to see it. Again, maybe half of the people who listen to this music will encounter human-curated playlists and radio stations. But then there's all the rest.
0: Kirk McElhern, would you tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff that you do?
20: You can come to my website, Kirkville. It's www.mcElhern.com. That's M C E L H E A R N.com. And you can find me at Macworld, whereas Gene
19: constantly reminds everyone I am the iTunes guy. Peter Cohen, where do we find more of the stuff that you do? You can find me on all the social things at Flarg, F as in Frank, L A R G H, and every day at imore.com.
0: Now, Let me tell you about what we offer here on the Tech Night Owl Live. We have a special feature, which is called Tech Night Owl Plus. And here's what you do to find out more about it. You go to plus.technightowl.com, point your browser, whatever browser you use, to plus.technightowl.com. What we're offering is the ad-free version of this radio show. How about that? We take out the 41 minutes of network ads. We give you higher quality audio. And we were talking earlier in the show about the value of improved audio codecs. Well, this is just voice, all right? But we still give you better quality audio. And you can hear the wonderful mics that Kirk and Peter and Bob Levitas used on this particular episode. You get this all for a modest monthly or annual or five-year subscription rate. Plus.technightout.com. That's dot. Plus. TechNightOwl.com. And of course, we have another radio show that we talk about quite often. It's called The Paracast at Paracast.com. And this week, we'll be talking about UFO abductions, about people who think they were abducted by them. Our guest will be Kathleen Marden, who has investigated that subject and is a hypnotherapist. So she has hypnotized people who have had unusual encounters. Go to Paracast.com. Once again, that's Paracast.com. And by the way, we are on Twitter, the Tech Night Owl Live. Look at Tech Night Owl. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. Peter Cohen, Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live.
19: Thank you very much for having me, and it was great to talk to you, Kirk. Thanks for having me, Gene, and great to meet you virtually this time, Peter.